Welcome back to the Chelsea Sport Podcast. I'm Orlando and today I'm joined by... Hi mate, how's it doing? What we're saying, lads? Good to be back on. Uh, started for today's pod. Um, got lots of notes ready, so it should be a, should be a good one. Because I'm prepared yeah, for once. Look, you are prepared, yeah. So <laughs> am I and so are you, Pori, mate. Good to have you all alongside us as well. Cheers, mate. It's a big month for the podcast, so this is just the beginning of a good month looking ahead. Yeah, completely agree. Looking forward to it. And no better place to start than than with today's guest and today's podcast. It's going to be all things Jude Tunesot Bell. And who better to join us for that than his own brother, Zach? Great to have you back on the pod. Uh, yeah, slightly yeah, different to... the last time, but yeah, it's good to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be back on. Good to be back on. Um, yeah, I've got notes as well. Uh, got some prompts ready to go. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Let's let's get straight into it. Really, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, I think the first thing that we want to ask you is not really kind of. It's a very open ended question, and it's just you know like, can you take us through your kind of uh, growing up with Jude, your upbringing, what was it like, and the whole story of him getting into Chelsea and and you know as as you guys were growing up and what all that was like. Yeah, of course. So um, it started out in my hometown, a small hometown called Carl, uh, which is next to Chippenham. You probably wouldn't have heard of it. Um, and for me, obviously being the oldest, I've had two younger brothers who are both really talented at football. So I used to go and watch. Um, not used. You didn't really used to take it in as much because back then because you, you just see you just see you know always oh, good at football you don't really think what that can lead to um with Jude it was like my earliest memories uh seven aside pitches and it would be you know him on the ball and then you know 10 or so kids just chasing him and you know at the time you just think <laughs> ah you know he's, he's a talented footballer whatever he's, he's good at football but you, you never think he's going to get to where he, he is now um and from then on you know from I think the age of five uh Swindon were the first team to come in uh, they're the only team around my area. I mean, the, the next academy after that uh, close would probably be Bristol, Bristol Rovers or City. Um, but they, yeah, Swindon were the team that came in first. Um, my other brother, Ruben, was already there, um, who was also a really, really talented footballer as well. Um, but yeah, so it kind of all started from there. Local football for maybe a year or so, if that. And then it went on to, uh, to Swindon Town. I mean, you mentioned you're all at Swindon there, Zach. So... Are you saying that you're dead at football and they're really good? Like what? See, <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming up, and I, I can't lie to you. When I was younger, I wasn't a talented footballer. I was, I was no. kind of just, I was more of a, a bit of an, I was more of an athlete than a footballer. So my technical side wasn't there, but I was a really fast runner. You know, yeah. I, I, that's what that, I, I could jump high. That was more, that's what I was about. That was always been my game. And then I suppose once I got a bit older, once I started to mature, the technical side started coming. That's when I started to you know start getting better at football, start scoring the goals. Uh, that's, that's, that's where it came from. That's when I could start saying that Jude and Ruben sort of learned everything from me, which just is... Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's not fair enough. But I like fair to say did you, did you, like, uh, fancy yourself against them because you're older, you know, just the physical attributes or were they already what? all over you? you no, know, I, can't, I can't even lie to you. They were, they were all over me because they're not much <laughs> younger than me. So Ruben was... I vividly remember Ruben being a really, really good footballer. Just like shoot from anywhere, just run with the ball for days. Same as Jude. I was just, I could only run, really, like I said. So <laughs> they were both, they could do it with the ball. I couldn't. So yeah, I mean, I, I still like, don't get me wrong, I still love playing football. I still love football to this day. Like I've played it my whole life. I've travelled watching them play football week in, week out. I've obviously travelled as well to play football. So really, our family's just been so football orientated and it's, it's all we really know. So it was kind of no brainer that you know, those two are still carrying on with football and I was always going to have a career in football, whether or not that be, you know, actually playing the game. Yeah, um, you mentioned that um, you, you travelled up and down the country for the tournaments. Like, how much effort is actually needed from the whole family? Because you see all these players and they're saying, oh, my parents are travelling me up and down and stuff like that. And then, like, do you remember any, like, certain moments where you're like, wow? Yeah, I mean, I remember it all, like, really, really vividly. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. So just being uh, children, going to watch... Um, Watch, watch your brothers play football. So I vividly remember going to Liverpool, Manchester, 
uh, staying in hotels. Um, and it was just a lot of fun, great experience. And my parents as well, they, they really enjoyed it. They speak about it now, you know. It's a long way to travel, don't get me wrong, but, you know, when you're doing it for your kids, I don't think they mind. I think they actually really enjoyed it and they look back now and think of all the good times we had with, you know, the, the families at Swindon because obviously we were at Swindon for a long time. So um, my parents made a lot of friends. My brothers had a lot of friends there as well. So, yeah, it was just like kind of like holidays almost every weekend, just getting to travel around the country. It was, it was really enjoyable. That sounds good. And just you mentioned Swindon again there, Zach, um, just on that. So with no disrespect to Swindon, when Chelsea kind of came in for Jude, was it a bit of a no-brainer for him or and the family, or was that a difficult decision to make? Yeah, I mean, when Swindon, um, sorry, when Chelsea came in, um, Jude's time with Swindon was sort of swindling, maybe coming to an end. We were kind of hoping that you know a new club would come in, and we knew that there were clubs around the country interested in him from his time at Swindon. You know, he used to just he used to perform like he is now, really, for Swindon as well. So Chelsea were actually the first team to come in. Um, A.D. Mings, who happens to be Tyrone Mings' dad, is a scout for Chelsea. And he yeah. was the, the bloke that came along, the scout that came along and took Jude for the first trial, um, which was a baptism of fire. He was thrown into a tournament game at 13 with a team he'd never played with before, Chelsea under 13 team, I think. And you know, my parents were so nervous. They, 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 um, they told me about how they, they thought he didn't play very well. He didn't, he didn't score many, or if any, I don't think, uh, as a midfielder. But literally, as soon as the tournament finished, they were like, yeah, we need him. We want his, we want his contract signed. And so he was obviously must have been doing something right. And back then, he was a midfielder as well, obviously. Um, obviously now, being a number nine. That's actually something I, I was just about to ask you, because obviously he did start off as a midfielder. Um, I, I don't know whether he was kind of more attacking or, or whatever, but you know, now he's very obviously a centre-forward. And was that transition kind of smooth was it rocky was it gradual was it quick um, was was he always meant to be a striker could you see that from young or was that maybe something that Chelsea kind of decided I think all the credit there goes to the Chelsea coaches actually because you don't he was just a nailed on centre midfielder to everyone it's what he was known as because mm. he was so good there as well um so when I think it went I didn't know this but you told me that he was tested as a nine in a game um a few years back and they really liked what they saw. They liked his movement. They realised that he had the athletic ability to play up front as well. You know, he's not a small lad. He's quite quick. Um, and he has the, the composure and the, the technical ability, I guess, of a midfielder. So they kind of went hand in hand in his ability now as a striker. Um, so, yeah, all credit to the Chelsea, the Chelsea coaches there that did that for him because uh, it's definitely paid off. Was he always like happy about it or was he sometimes, you know, maybe yeah, a bit annoyed that they were taking, taking him out? I don't know. I think, I think now I definitely don't think he would look back at all. I think now he's probably happy. I think maybe at the time you must be thinking, oh, um, you know, am I not good enough for my current position? Why are they looking yeah. to move me about? But really, I think everybody in football wants to score goals. So I think Jude is just happy to get more opportunities to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And to be fair, you do hear about players in all academies but especially Chelsea being moved about all the time you know yeah, we yeah had, exactly. I remember the, the other week when, when Tammy made his goal line clearance in the game against Barnsley he was saying how he used to be a defender yeah and, I, know, I couldn't people didn't that. even know that yeah, yeah I, could, I mean you don't really hear that often I mean you hear it the other way around you know strikers from academies like Jamie Carragher when he grew up he was a striker then mm. obviously professionally as a centre-back but you don't really hear as defenders becoming strikers as they grow up I thought that was quite 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 weird yeah it's it's funny because I remember hearing Fikayo Tamori used to be a striker and Tammy used to be a centre back and it's just like the inverse they've they've swapped around. Yeah, exactly. It's mental. I think Mike Cash used to play at number ten for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even in in senior football, you know, players move around. So let alone in the academy, they, there's lots of different moving around. But you know, we we're talking a bit about the going around the country and for all these different games every weekend but I wanted to ask because obviously Jude's not only been playing for Chelsea but in more recent years also for England um, mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask kind of a bit like what's the structure of youth football um, you know before he reaches the kind of under 18s pro contract level but you know before that I assume there's lots and lots of tournaments home and abroad, you know, yeah. all sorts of moving around. And that must be, a, you know, a little bit crazy for, for someone so young. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think at first, obviously, um, 
it would be a bit weird tra- like, like, traveling to Florida, for example, playing matches, Italy, Holland. You know, yeah. he has been everywhere. Um, so it, it, it must have been weird at the, at the start, but I know like now you just would relish those opportunities again at this point. Just getting mm. the opportunity to travel around playing football is just incredible. And, you know, I know my parents and my family, you know, they've, they've traveled as well. I've, I haven't had the opportunity to do it as much, um, but I, my other brother's gone plenty of times with them. Um, my parents have gone every time with them uh, and he loves it. And my parents love it as well. It's just, it's just great to get like a different side of football, I guess. Uh, around Europe and around and around um, yeah just around Europe pretty much yeah and, and the world actually considering because he was playing in, um, in Florida a few years ago in the tournament yeah um, I think you you meant you, I just want to go back you mentioned um, you mentioned Chelsea came in from first but like why why Chelsea is it mainly the facilities because I guess like you said the coaching has been incredible um they really helped him with the striker so is that was that the main reason um I don't, I think maybe the the main reason is because well they were the first team and you're not going to turn down Chelsea a, te- a, a team of caliber a, a cat oh, a team of Chelsea's caliber no matter who else comes in because mm. really you're not going to get many better teams if any better teams in the country for academy football because they are considered, well, to me at least, I think they're the best academy side in the country. They've got one of the best youth setups in the country. So for Jude to turn that down would have been silly and, and wait for another club. So it was a no-brainer, really, to join Chelsea at the time. It seemed like the best decision. And compare that joining Chelsea at that time to the relatively now recent uh, period when he was signing his, his scholarship, his professional contract, all of that stuff. How's that journey been and... and you know, it must have been a bit of a crazy ascent, you know, yeah, and all the limelight he's getting now, especially. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of felt like he's he's reached a milestone now because with, with, with youth football, there's always that. It's great fun and you, you, you get to play a lot of football, but it's at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're playing for a, a contract. Um, so when he got mm-hmm. that, that scholarship and that, that pro deal, it was like, OK, I've, 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 hit, a, I've hit a mark now, a benchmark. And it can only sort of go up from here. So for him to get that and just for us and the family and, and everybody involved and my friends, his friends at home, it's, it's it was a big deal because from where we're from, it you just don't see that very often because it's just, there are no big clubs around where we're from. So you don't really get a lot of players um, coming through, say, Wiltshire ranks. I mean, it's, it's pretty unheard of. Um, so for him to to get that scholarship and that pro deal, was, yeah, it was definitely a big, a big deal. Well, there's, I mean... Obviously, a lot of hype around Jude at the minute, and like you mentioned, there he's had his, his has his ups with his pro contract and all that kind of thing. But has he had to deal with any setbacks in his career that maybe because there's not really been any that have kind of been published about him in that sense? So has he had any setbacks? How has he dealt with them? Um, yeah, I guess he hasn't had, I say, any major setbacks. Not one that I could pick out particularly, but he's definitely had his fair share of injuries. Um, he was actually when he was like, going through his teenage years, he he used to get quite bad pains in his groin and his knees but we put them down to growing pains because you know he hasn't had any recently touch wood um so yeah uh other than that i guess i think recent ones i think just the whole uh coronavirus pandemic has just been a huge setback for everybody not just mm-hmm. you but yeah everybody the cancelling of the uh ua for youth cup i'm sure everybody is equally <sighs> gutted about that um as i am I and the ua for well. youth league yesterday that was yeah that was so bad that's what i mean it's just just awful i was i was looking forward to that i really yeah. was looking forward to it and and it just uh, and, and games keep getting cancelled and i think that just ruining the flow of ruining the flow of um of jude getting some games uh but other than that he hasn't had any major setbacks but you know the little things you know they have they have been there but i think that's that's the same for a lot of youth players around the country everybody has minor setbacks but jude's Jude's pretty good with him and he stays positive and, and, and always bounces back. Yeah, so obviously you said he's uh, he's been a striker since he joined the Chelsea Academy and I was reading the Athletic piece and it was, they mentioned Ronaldo was on his phone a lot. Um, is he one of the players? Are there any others who he's looked up to um, in his career? Um, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you said it there. Ronaldo is, is the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't hear anything else about anybody being better. <laughs> I personally disagree. Uh, I love Ronaldo, but I'm a Messi fan. Um, Agreed. Good lad. Good lad. <laughs> Messy every day. But um, yeah, I, I think he. I, I don't know if he's like Ronaldo though. I mean, this is one of the ones I was going to come back to you boys with and ask your opinion on who you think he's like. Because for me, as his brother, I, I, I know that he 
he likes to watch Ronaldo a lot, but I think they're quite different in some ways. So I think Ronaldo's quite powerful and direct. Well, Jude's got kind of like an elegance about this football player. But I mean, that's just me. That's just from what I've seen over the years. But I'd like to hear what you lot think about that as well. I think it's a hard one to find a... a I d- Personally, I'm always a bit kind of hesitant to kind of, you know, like force comparisons. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't really kind of make that kind of comparison. Anything to me but I guess with Jude it's like you said he's kind of like a gentle but lethal I don't know does that make no, sense no, exactly exactly like yeah. I, I like to sort of think about a Berbatov type of player now oh, in the yeah, sense that, yeah. you know he's, he's quite graceful on the ball but not small at all he's got a great mm. touch on him very composed but then also a great finisher as well on both feet so yeah I mean it's, it's, I, I, I liken him to a bit of a Dimitar Berbatov Zlatan. I like that comparison. Yeah, Zlatan, yeah. Yeah, I was quite happy. No, I, I was, was going to say, I think, I think Jude's Jude, really. I think he's actually quite a unique player. Um, like you said, I, yeah, I think, like you said, he's, he's quite elegant on the ball, but he's also got that kind of athleticism about him, and there's not that many strikers like that. A lot of the time, it's one or the other. So I think um, he's a unique player, so it's going to be an exciting one for him if he can continue to kind of on this upwards path he's on. There's not, I don't think there's that many comparable players like him. Um, in the youth oh. ranks or even senior ranks at the minute at Chelsea or, or elsewhere. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, I don't, I, I don't like, um, you know, being biased or sounding trying to. You know, it's all right. He can. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like he, he kind of does have a bit of everything. You know, I think that's quite evident when you watch him play. Um, you know, he's really good on both feet. You've seen him score. You know. It's, He's he's got a stronger right foot, but then uh, we've seen against you know United in the twenty threes, he's scoring his left foot against Aston Villa as well in the eighteens. So yeah, yeah, he he's practiced with his left foot consistently for years, and that's why it is the way it is. He works really hard. I guess in that way, he is like Ronaldo in terms of his work ethic. If he wants to make something better, he'll work at it until it's you know perfect. Um, he scores headers. He scored a few headers. Um, scores free kicks, penalties. Can run in behind so yeah he's, he's kind of got it all so I can hear where you're coming from that definitely I think another aspect in which he's a bit unique not necessarily from you know like all strikers in world football but in terms of comparing him to strikers who have come through the Chelsea Academy over the years you know um Parth and I and and um we were speaking to Joe Tweedy on, on one of the previous podcasts um you know obviously all three of us quite avid academy watchers but Joe especially and he was just making the point that Jude's hold up play is is quite you know it's different to to what the academy has seen in previous strikers you know guys like Dominic Solanke, Tammy Abraham, EK Ogbo, Patrick Bamford even these guys they didn't really have that at such a young age as Jude um, and I wanted to ask, well, I guess obviously that just kind of reaffirms our point about him being quite a unique player, but is there anything that you would put that down to it? Or is that maybe, you know, something, uh, does it come with the team that he's been playing in or maybe Chelsea have tried to implement that him on purpose or is it just kind of, you know, it's just happened? Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be a mix of all those things. I think definitely there's a side that it's just him naturally just um knowing what to do when he gets the ball it's sort of just second nature for him because obviously playing football from such a young age he's sort of just came mm. uh, sort of just developed that with his game um he's also not you know he's not very he's not a slight boy he's quite tall he um works out regularly obviously as all Chelsea academy players would do as well um so i guess when he the hold up play that comes with that is it just it just it feels natural for him i guess when he gets receives the ball he's he always knows where the right pass is Composed when he receives the ball with his back to goal. So yeah, I can I can definitely see where Joe Tudy is coming from when he says that. Yeah, uh, just quickly, you meant you mentioned like the scholarship and uh, signed the pro contract. I'm guessing you weren't there for the pro contract. I think that was like about a month ago. Um, I was yeah. just going to ask when is that? Is that the moment you realised? Okay, this footballing is a career for for Jude. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I'd say that was the point where it was like, okay, it's, that's it now. He's he's got the pro deal. He can just now he can really work towards getting himself up into the the first team setup. So, um, but yeah, that, that was yeah that was a big moment. It's a shame we couldn't be there for it, obviously because of the COVID. But the, the, when um, so when he signed a scholarship, there's a clause in the scholarship that um, basically says that he is going to sign the pro as well. So we knew from then that he was going to get yeah. a pro deal as well. So yeah, we we were yeah we were, we were delighted for him. We were delighted for him. 
Nice. Well, it's um, one that's fairly well documented with Chelsea and then things like Mason Mount. Um, I said he's obviously kind of the poster boy of the Chelsea Academy at the moment. Um, well, first team now, obviously, but, you know, come through the Academy ranks that he, despite what maybe he was being told as a youngster, even by his dad, um, that no one makes it at Chelsea at the time. He said to himself, no, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm the guy. I, I, I will make it to Chelsea first team. And he has done and he's now captain Chelsea. Do you think Jude... Um, kind of has the same mentality of belief that he's really going to push on because he definitely has the ability, the, the belief that that sort of gateway is there for him um, to make it into the Chelsea first team long term. Yeah, 100%. He definitely, he, he's um, he's confident in his own ability. Um, he's a humble he's a humble boy, quiet, but he's he's really confident in his football ability and I think um, everybody that's watched him is as well. Um, you know, he's not the type of player that um, wants to particularly go out on loan. I don't think anybody, any player does, but um you know, if if it if it happens, it happens. But I know he's definitely um, nailed on that he wants to keep putting in the work, um, keep performing in games um, the highest level he can, at the highest level he can, um, just so then he can break through into the first team like Mason has, like you say, like Tammy has, because he definitely feels like he has the ability to. So, yeah, so, but the thing is, why doesn't he want to go and learn? Because you see, like, Mason and Tammy and Reese, but then you also have, like, Gilmore and Hudson-Odoi. So, so why why not? I don't think he's okay. I might have um, put words in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I might have put it in it, man. I, I just know. I just know for a fact that you know he would much rather do it at Chelsea, mm-hmm. you know, like the likes of Tino, Andrian, and, and Mason. He'd much rather do it like that. I know going out on loan would be beneficial. I know he would have no complaints because if that's what the club do, if that if that if that's what the club thinks necessary, then he's obviously going to have to go along with that. Um, and first team football could never be a bad thing. But I know that he's keen that he. He wants to do it at Chelsea and and keep doing it the way he's he's been doing it. What we were saying before, like um, how he's you know got a bit of everything, pretty unique player. But putting you on a spot on the spot a little bit here, do you think there's one thing that stands out that maybe he needs to work on the most, or or is there something that you can see that he's currently working? on a lot or is it um, more just kind of you know like development across the board yeah I, I was gonna say i think it more it might be now honing those skills that he's got um because like we say he's got a number of useful attributes so i think honing them to become um well honing them to the level of you know the men's game would definitely mm. be the next step i think because you know he's been playing 18s um for the last year and obviously now started to become a, a development squad player I think now with time uh, and a lot of training, he can definitely um, get to the le- get to the level that he needs to be for the men's game uh, and push on to that first team. Do you? Um, this is a question for everyone. So, at the minute, out of the academy lads that are in the first team, you know, there's uh, right now uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi is you know, performing really well this season, and since Tuchel's come in, has been. Reese James has been really good for us. Mason Mount's kind of seen as the the star of it, although weirdly, I feel like most fans don't necessarily see him as the most talented of the bunch with the kind of highest ceiling to go through. I would be interested in where all, all of you guys, so Zach, Orlando, and Parry, like, out of those lads there, that are currently in the first team, so I don't mean Jude and Henry Lawrence and those guys, the guys that have already broken through. Which one of those do you think has got the highest kind of ceiling to go on and become, you know, potential Ballon d'Or level of player? Because for me, I'm, for me, I'm it's, gonna say. it's impossible to say, and I hate I hate to do it, but I'll, I, I'll probably have to say Callum, to be honest. That's exactly For me, it's definitely well. Callum. Oh, Callum. Yeah. yeah. I think Reese is just got the most flair. Yeah. yeah, Callum's the most kind of like, well, everyone called him Starboy. He's that most kind of um, flair, technical player out of the bunch. Although I think Reese James, in his position, in that kind of right back, but obviously we've seen right centre back at times, possibly even midfield, I think it, it's slightly easier for him to become best in the world potentially in the sense that in, in Callum's position attacking midfield wingers there's so many all the best talent in the world usually plays that position whereas Reese already is one of the best in the Premier League there so maybe a little bit more able to establish himself but yeah I mean I think for me in terms of ability Callum but Mason and Tammy think, are very underrated as well I think Callum has the most unique skill set of them all relative yeah, to agree, his yeah. position if you look at Mason he's probably I absolutely love him. This is not. This might come out as a bit of a slight on him, and it's really not supposed to sound that way. But I think he's probably the one who's playing the closest to his ceiling, if that makes sense. 
I think he's, you know, just by virtue of playing so many senior games at such a young age, you know, at Vitesse, at Derby, I think he's kind of developed the most out of all of them. Uh, and, and he's the least raw, the most refined. I, to be fair, I do still think he can improve a lot, um, especially under Tuchel. There are lots of things he can in the final third a lot, I think. Um, but, you know, he's probably the most mature out of all of them. I think with Callum, if you look at wingers, there are very, very few that have all the attributes that he has because everybody looks at him, you know, and sees someone who's got amazing dribbling, 1v1 ability, got that flair. But, you know, there's a very good argument to say that passing is his strongest attribute. Um, so... You know, there he's just got such a kind of wide, unique skill set that I don't think many other, um, I guess, wide forwards have. I was just gonna. I was having this discussion yesterday. I'll, I'll leave this open to you three. Where do you rank him in comparison to Phil Foden, Jaden Sancho, Mason oh, Greenwood? These I'm not players? doing it. Uh, I'm not <laughs> doing it. Honestly, we had Haaland and Mbappe at the top, right? And then we had these lot. And we couldn't decide at all. Um, but no, nah, they're all they're all great players. Yeah, they, they I just have to be one better than the other. But nah. I, I put Callum at the top. The Callum <laughs> and then the rest. Man. Now, Foden, Foden. I think Foden. Foden on a technical level. I've never seen a player his age. And bear in mind, he's doing it for Man City. Think of the competition yeah. in that club and the team. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a player with Foden's ability, maturity, technical ability on the ball at his oh. age. He's, he's absolutely unbelievable. I would for definitely me, throw um, Saka in there as well, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah Saka's great. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. For me, I just think, like, I always see on Twitter, like, these, these guys comparing... <laughs> Um, you know, my star boy is better than your star boy. <laughs> yeah, cetera, no, yeah. It, I saw, it, I saw yeah. Jude next to someone like Man United. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I was about to say that. So, you know, I, I hate it even, you know, when it's, I don't know, Callum or, and Mason Greenwood or whatever. I think it's so kind of, it's not achieving anything. And I was about to say that I've, I've seen even Jude being involved in that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've seen one What, what does that Jude. make you think, Zach? I was one saying Jude better than Greenwood and that lot. It's pretty yeah, crazy. I've seen the Bruno Fernandes one as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean that, that is. I mean it is tongue in cheek a bit. I mean you got you got to laugh at it because you know Jude's yeah. not taking it seriously. We're not taking it seriously. Um, you know it doesn't do any. It doesn't do any good. Don't get me wrong, but you just got to humour it. Um, Jude doesn't look at it. Um, I mean for for us to, for Jude to stay grounded. I mean it's it's quite easy for him. He's He's never been the type to flaunt anything. He's he's not the arrogant type. As as much as he might look, he has like a swagger on the pitch or an arrogance on the pitch. He really isn't. He's quite a quiet, down to earth young man. So we, we haven't really had to to do anything in particular to keep him grounded. I mean, when he comes home, he he is still just Jude to me and Ruben. He's our little brother. Like mm. he's still like just cleans his own room, cleans up after himself. So really, it, it comes hand in hand with him staying grounded. Do you lot pick on him because he's the littlest brother? Shard. No, we used. Yeah, he, he he would tell you that we used to. When we were younger, he would he would he would know to stay in line because he was the youngest to two older brothers. Um, but now he's he's bigger than me, so no. <laughs> yeah, he's a big shot. Yeah, he's a big yeah, shot. It's probably not worth exactly. probably not worth it, is it? As the older brother nah, to go for it. There. Exactly, well, I was just exactly. gonna on Jude. I was gonna say that he's his name kind of um, exploded onto the scene a little bit more into the public eye um, when he scored a hat trick in the FA Youth Cup against. Um, Come who's it against? Barnsley scored four. Barnsley, was it Barnsley? Yeah. He's, got the, he's got the hat. He's got the hat trick. Yeah, he's got four. Well, yeah, there you go, four. And then you've got two. Yeah. So, what were you watching that game? What, what was it like for you guys? Was that kind of yeah. like a moment of realization? Or, um, yeah, I mean, that was. I was watching it here with my um, my housemates in the living room, and it was limbs across the house. <laughs> as soon as the first goal went in, the nerves kind of settled. So I was like, okay, good. You know, he can he can go on from there, and then. The second and the third came. I was like, "Oh, this is this is great hat trick. It can't get any better than this." And then obviously, Harvey play, Harvey Vale plays a lovely ball down the line. Oh, Jude mate. picks up the ball, and then he obviously the back heel and all that. And then yeah, I think that was a bit like what just happened. <laughs> like what has just happened? And then uh, you know, I saw on on Twitter the the record he broke the fifty nine year record. Um, I had my friends messaging me. It was yeah, that was crazy. That was definitely a big takeoff point for Jude. Definitely. It's funny because. You know, maybe had this been happening five, ten years ago, 
I wonder whether you would be getting this, the same amount of... I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but, you know, it's just interesting how many people are watching, you know, FA Youth yeah. Cup under it. Because, obviously, we were all, or we were watching the game and we got very kind of excited, very gassed, especially that back kill goal. And yeah. I, I actually clipped it and I put it on Twitter on the Chelsea spot. And it went... I didn't I didn't expect it to at all, but it went completely viral. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people just... Um, People just love to see these young players coming through, no matter who they are. Especially when they, you see a goal like that. I mean, who doesn't mm. want to see goals like that scored by young players? It's just promising for the future. Um, and obviously, a that puts them on. Sixteen-year-old as well doing against twenty-year-olds exactly. or eighteen-year-olds. Sorry, and it's just like mental. Exactly, and, and that and that pushed him on. Um, you know, uh, that made him. Uh, from then on, I think he was pretty nailed on playing in the development squad. Obviously, then he featured in the Man United game and the Tottenham game after that, um, which then in turn also led to you know the first team training as well. Yeah, I was going to mention actually just then the question I was going to going to ask was that he obviously got the opportunity to train with um, a few of the other academy lads as well. Uh, we mentioned Henry Lawrence earlier, Lewis Bate, and a few others um, with the first team um, under Lampard just towards the end of his tenure. Um, what was that like for Jude? Did he say anything? Obviously, we first kind of stepped into that thing. The faces in that in that training, you know, there was Thiago Silva, Timo Werner, yeah, and he's you know playing football with those guys. What what did he think to that? He was actually really outspoken about how much he enjoyed it. I think it made him feel as though he was he'd reached the pinnacle almost. I mean, obviously he hadn't, but he'd he got to the point now where he was playing with the best of the best. Um, mm. And at such a young age, I think he felt he felt quite accomplished about that. Um, I know I was proud. We were all proud as a family. Just seeing the photos of him and Mason was crazy, surreal almost, really, really surreal. Um, and he he really liked. I mean, he particularly uh, he was outspoken about how nice Frank was. He got along with Frank a lot, and he was quite um, actually quite upset when well quite down when um when Frank left because obviously they had they built a relationship and Frank knew who he was. Um uh Billy, he said Billy and uh, Mason were the two. Everybody was really nice and welcoming and friendly, but Billy and uh, Mason were were two who were particularly welcoming, which I thought was really nice to hear because two young players who've gone through the same as him, helping him find the reins. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I was gonna mention um obviously with Frank leaving, I mean I, I was Absolutely good. Like I went on a rampage for about three weeks after uh, Lampard left. Little still are, mate. <laughs> I am actually still on a rampage. Um, as the, to this day, no matter how many of the games Tuchel wins, I'm I'm on a rampage. But yeah, when when that happened, obviously we did immediately think. Well, well, I did anyway. I know Orlando and Parry would have to the the kids to the youth players. What's going to happen with them? Obviously, uh, Frank gave so many debuts, and you mentioned there a little bit. So Jude and and we know a few of the other guys as well, based on obviously what we've heard that they were quite upset and quite worried about it. Was So was that the same with Jude then when, when Lampard did get sacked? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, um, you know, once you, you've you made it to the first team and I think, you know, you've got a manager there who you know is going to give you the opportunities if you keep playing there. So when he left, it was like, I've got to kind of do that all again now. Um, but actually something that um, I don't think anybody would know is that uh, under Tuchel, um, for the Barnsley game the other week, uh, Jude was actually supposed to be training uh, with the first team a day before that, um, but because uh, Giroud wasn't, um, Giroud was not going to train, uh, so they were low on strikers. And so the night, the day before, uh, my mum told me, and I was like, "Oh, great, yeah, he's in contention for the Barnsley game." You know, not thinking he was going to like, you know, get anywhere because obviously it was a whole different story being selected. Um, but I thought that was quite promising. But then on the day, uh, turns out Ollie decided he wanted to train. Which is pretty gutting. So then Jude turned oh. up at home and I was like, oh, you're joking. But it's all right because, um, like I say, um, you know, Lewis Bate was the only player taken up and unfortunately he didn't even manage to get on the pitch. So, you know, it was, it, was, out, it was promising to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was promising to hear. That, so he's, still, he's still in contention in the first team. It was, it was promising to hear that, definitely. I was going to say, just kind of in relation to that, because we were a bit kind of, you know, sceptical about the pathway from academy to first team after Lampard left but you know we heard really good signs you know we heard um that you know Tuchel had you know there was a that in-house friendly um between the under 18s under 23s um when when a few of their games were cancelled and and Tuchel watched that and we were encouraged by that and then he's been saying some good things in his press conferences about you know the importance of the academy and exactly Joe Edwards staying is huge um, and then the real thing that's encouraging for me, Lewis Bate, you know, on the bench at Barnsley, OK, that's great. But for me, bring him bringing on Tino, Tino Andrin, you know, at yeah. only 1-0 when there was still a large portion of the game to go. I thought that was really encouraging. I just wanted to ask whether 
that has kind of you know fed through to the maybe not the lower levels but you know dude slightly younger and and the, that kind of age group as well yeah i definitely i definitely like to think so i think that's quite promising i mean uh, tuchel came from from youth coaching didn't he i think in early in his career that's where yeah. he started so yeah i think that that film was a bit of promise that maybe he's not completely just turn this back on the youth sides and and bringing tino on um like you said only one of that that was that was definitely something that was that, that was promising i'm sure that that was promising to all the youth players as well mm, definitely um but on the other hand this is i've got to really word this really carefully here um i'm sure like jude and everyone in the academy is very aware of musiala leaving chelsea to join Bayern, and i think I've, I've lost the name but the, another chelsea academy graduate as well join them yeah right um, r and b yeah. there we go that's the one um so what what do you think about that? Because Musiala is now probably one of the biggest youngsters in the world. Like everyone knows the name, and he he took that risk and he, he left. So I'm not saying Jude leaves, but you know what, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean it's obvious that you know players that go to Germany, you know German football is I don't know. Yeah, I give my eye. I have to be careful. I wear this as well. A step down almost, I guess. Almost. I mean, it's it's not as competitive. I say that. So um, players going there, they're going to get more game time and they're going to be able to show what they can do. Like you say, like Jamal Musial has been able to do. But mm. I think for English clubs, really, I think that just shows that they need to just be ensuring that they can give youth players pathways. I think that's all they care about. I think they just want to be playing first team football or football to the highest possible level. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as, as teams can start providing pathways, like Chelsea have been recently. I mean, you've been seeing a lot of the players going to the first team. Happening in Man United as well. We're seeing players like uh, Shola Shortire, other players like that who are who are in contention um, for the Real Sociedad that game. So yeah, I think as long as the clubs can um, can keep can keep doing that, uh, they shouldn't have a problem keeping players in this country. But you know, there will always be a few exports out mm-hmm. to countries such as Germany. I think one difference between German youth development and, and youth development in in England and, and the UK is that in Germany the kind of I guess I'll use Bayern as an example. And Jamal, he was playing for, you know, the Bayern second team, Bayern's fight, in the third division in Germany. So that's the equivalent mm. of League One here, right? So, and that is like the equivalent level to under-23s here. So, yeah. you know, it's very different. He's playing against men. It's almost, you know, similar to going out on loan and playing first-team football. Um, not quite the same because you know you're playing with all the players your age group but you're playing against men which is very different they're all kind of fighting for the three points for their you know livelihood etc and you know here as well as that under 23 football does at times get quite a lot of criticism you know people lots of people saying that there's not there's no midfield you know they don't learn the dirty sides of the game there's not enough headers etc what what do you think about that, I mean, obviously it's hard to say because Jude hasn't actually played that many minutes in under-23 <laughs> football yet. But I guess for me, what I always say is that I'm fine with it, but it's just very important not to get caught up in playing there for too long. Yeah, um, I wonder whether you guys have any thoughts on that as a family. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you say, like it's like Barcelona as well. They've got the B team and, yeah. and it's been outspoken a few times by Pep about the English youth system being a bit pointless, maybe. Um, just mm. because, you know, it's not really leading anywhere. There's no real stakes, like you say. I mean, I, I, de- I definitely agree that, you know, maybe having a B team like a few leagues down is, is the way to go. I definitely think that's the way to go. But I think that's not going to change anytime soon in the England youth setup. So, the, the no, set so, exactly. So I think really we've just got to uh, take what we've got at the moment and just hope that you can keep performing. But I'll, I'll definitely pass this on to like Path and Dan about what they think about this as well. Yeah, it's a difficult. Arthur one. better equipped than me because I don't watch as much under twenty-three football as him. So yeah, I've only, seen I've only just started his... watching it. Yeah, hmm. I've only seen Jude play in the under twenty-three games. So any of the kind of dev squad games I haven't seen. So I've not actually seen that much football. I've have seen him for about two hours worth of football. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I agree that the kind of B team is definitely the way to go. It's very beneficial for players. You see it in Spain, you see it in Germany. It's kind of impossible to set up in the UK at the moment though because the the football league pyramid is already established. You can't just pop Chelsea B into League One. Yeah. It's already, you've got 24 <laughs> teams in it. You, you can't just relegate someone and put Chelsea yeah, B in. Yeah. So it's kind of not got the infrastructure to set it up. So in an ideal world, I think that's the way would be the way to go for players. But I don't see... I don't. I just don't think it's possible in England at the minute. I don't think it's the court tree, but I think it's a case of you go on loan. There's just kind of grit and grind about English football. If you've got to go yeah. and play in the mud in League Two and, and and get snapped and you know all that stuff to learn to ply your trade. And whether that's true or not, that's kind of the culture here, I think. And I don't think it's going to change. 
Yeah, I think 23's football gets a lot of criticism. Um, like they're saying, like, oh, just let people go out and stuff. But I think I think it opens up the opportunity to play in the Checker Trade Trophy, which is probably one of my favourite, um, or whatever they've called it now, the Papa John's, whatever they've called it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's because you're, you're playing against men's football. Um, sorry, you're playing against men's teams, like proper League One, League Two teams. Um, and yeah, you, you get the experience of playing with your mates, Marcel Lewis, uh, Henry Lawrence, Tino Andrin, these, these lot did really well in that competition this year and it sort of opens up loan opportunities as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, like Dan said, it's 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 not, not much is going to change. One thing to, that I liked this season, not Chelsea related, as we I'm sure we all loved it, is when Louis Barry scored against Liverpool and that was obviously mm. an opportunity in the cup that came because of COVID. COVID's obviously not been a good thing, but that one, the whole first team isolating, so Villa, all the kids on the pitch, and they put in a great display. Like, I know they got beat 4-1 in the end, but they were holding out. Louis Barry scored, and that was something that was great to see. So I think just these players getting the opportunity, even if it's one that falls into their lap like that, rather than it, you know, it was because of COVID, but even if it falls into the lap, if they can really grasp it like he did and take the chance, then, you know, they're only going to help themselves because I think people forget as much as players need time to develop and stuff, and they, they're definitely doing loans and things help. At the end of the day, whether they're 16, 17 or 32, you can be good at football. You know what I mean? Like it, Jude, Louis Barry, these guys, Henry Lawrence, they're good at football. So if you put them on a football pitch with a ball and a team, they can do they can do a job for you. It's as simple as that. It's, it's, it's a simple sport. So uh, I'd just like to see them. Uh, like earlier in the season, it's Morecambe. Uh, Orlando and Parry were fuming. They went on a rampage at that time. <laughs> that, um, no one got on the pitch. So I think uh, Jude was... Um, training that week, but then didn't make the squad. Um, yeah. But we had uh, actually none of them made. Didn't no one made the squad? Well, not even and yeah, oh. not even Lewis B or Henry Henry Lawrence. They weren't even there, and obviously they're closer to that than than Jude at the moment. Um, and these two are fuming, and I, and I agreed, but I thought you know we need to win. But at the end of the day, we won that game like five 0 or whatever it was. And really, after when there's half an hour left, some of them guys should have been getting their chances. And you know, I think that's that's what's important for for, for clubs to look at. Yeah, definitely. I think I just want to kind of make it clear, although I said, you know, under 23 football does get a lot of criticism. I'm not necessarily one of the propagators of that criticism. I actually think it's it's fine. Generally, I think without the UEFA Youth League, I think that's kind of an opportunity to test yourself against kind of elite, you know, age level opposition um, that you may not necessarily have on a consistent basis just in domestic competition so you know without that that's a bit unfortunate for these kind of guys in this age group who are going to miss out on that but you know I'm sure Jude will be able to play in that next year but it's just kind of some of the other guys I know Lewis Bate he was you know he did have the option to potentially go out on loan this year but you know he was very ambitious to give the UEFA Youth League a good go they were really ambitious to, to, to go all the way and win it so it's a bit disappointing in that aspect not just for them kind of you know emotionally because they wanted to win it but also in terms of development because they don't get that chance to test themselves against top level opposition because you know the draw is against Salzburg who are a top top academy yeah. you know that I was really looking forward to that um, and, and I'm sure they were the coaches and the players themselves as well. We have an extremely strong, well, we had an extremely strong squad this year as well. Um, because if you think about it, it's last year's FA Youth Cup plus Marcel Lewis and Henry Lawrence, uh, and and obviously the new the new boys like Jude who have come into the team. So I I, I was really confident about the competition. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was really unfortunate to see you get cancelled yesterday. Um, but yeah, I guess we can talk about. Jude's teammates so I'm guessing you've watched a lot of football under 18s under 23s with Jude Who who's impressed you the most we sort of discussed this after the United game before but you know who impresses you um, yeah I think it's hard I mean I love watching all the 23s games the development games I think um, from each player in the team has got their own you know attributes that they're really mm. really decent at um, but it's hard to steer away from like the big performers like uh, Valentino Livramento I mean he's mm. been praised non-stop for months mm. now and, and he's Rightfully so. He's been getting assists. He's bombarding down the either wing. You know, he can swap either way. It's, yeah, just not enough superlatives, really, for how, how he's uh, played this season so far. Um, Lewis Bate as well. Unfortunately, didn't get his debut the other week. Um, but every time I watch him play, he just seems to dictate the game. Just, yeah, receives the ball, plays it. He's just very, very good. Um, 
Marcel, Miles. I mean, I could go on. There's so many. There really are. Uh, defenders, like Levi and Danau, I mean, that is a formidable, a formidable centre-back partnership and they don't get spoken about a lot, but, you know, they're really, really solid at the back. Do you think, Zach, and, and actually the other guys as well, actually, may as well, I think it's a good talking point. So I'm a grassroots football coach at the minute and it's hard to judge how to do this. So it, we obviously with Jude's age group now, it's not a question, but, you know, when he was younger at the academies and stuff, do you feel like instilling a winning mentality over a just-enjoy-playing mentality should be deployed? Because I feel like a lot of time now, you know, under 12s, 13s, 14s, there's this stigma of... So, for example, if we were 1-0 up in a cup final in the 85th minute, and my best play, I need my best players on, there's, I'd actually be frowned upon to sub on for them to give someone equal game time, whereas I do feel... I just I want to win it. I think it help, showing them how to win is, is the thing to do. But I think there's this stigma of, uh, you know, it's just about fun. Whereas I think at a young age, it is important. The winning mentality is instilled as well. How, how do you feel that? I think it depends on the level, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. However, I think the whole point is that all these kids come from grassroots. So they need to have it instilled at some point. Like at some point, these guys are playing at under 10s, under 11s level. And I don't know. Well, actually, Zach, I don't know if, how Jude, obviously, when he was playing as a kid, what kind of coaching he had in that sense. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, at Swindon, they, they're not the, they were never the, obviously being Swindon, they're quite a small academy. So obviously they weren't like the strongest outfit out there. Don't get me wrong. But, um, there was, there was never like this thing about, you know, this whole taking part. Like, I think because it was an academy level, it was always, we still wanted to, they, they did want to win, I guess. I guess maybe when they were, because local football was pretty scarce for me. Maybe I'm not the person to ask because, I kind of, it's always been, since I was really young, I've just been watching my brothers play academy football. And I, and in academy football, it's never really about like, I mean, it's always about winning. Um, well, academy's really elite level, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think academy, that's what Orlando's point there is, it's the level, because academy level, it's got, the whole point of those is they're trying to develop senior professional footballers, and obviously a lot of them won't make it, but they're, they're trying to develop those guys. So I think obviously the winning's the most important there. But Orlando, actually, let's just bring this to you. You play football for your under twelve team, yeah. whatever you are. You're about nine years old. So, what <laughs> at your at your team um, is it? You know, if you're in, in the eighty fifth minute, I know you're the skipper. Are you getting subbed off mm. to give someone not as not as good as you some game time, or yeah. are you being left on to win the game? So this is a actually a topic that there's a lot of discussion about with me and my teammates, and because yeah, I'm the captain, and you know, I, I you know play quite a big part in deciding, you know you know, starting 11 and subs and stuff with the manager. And the way I look at it, and a lot of my teammates and mates, just they're my friends, you know, generally, they don't necessarily say, share this same view. But the way I look at it is like, when you're, it's a very simple thing. And I have to stress that it's not always this simple. But when you're paying to play, then I think, you know, you should have equal game time. When you're being paid to play, then, you know, it's about winning. Or I guess, you know, when you're in a, an academy, you're 12 years old or whatever, maybe you're not being paid, but, you know, you're there because, you know, you could potentially be paid in the future and you're certainly not paying yourself. So I think for me, I would be, I guess it depends. If it's a cup final, no, nah, I'm just having all my, all my, you know, good players on the pitch. But if it's, you know, a yeah. league game, if it's, it dep- I guess it really depends on the significance of the game. And I think there's a fine balance to be struck because you don't want anyone to feel like they're being left out. I am quite um, firmly of the opinion that I value everyone, you know, being happy over kind of winning at all costs, that kind of thing. But at the same time, I also do really want to win. I'm very, very competitive. So <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's, there's a balance that has to be struck. And, you know, that's one that's very hard to, to strike. And you're always going to kind of make mistakes at some point, I guess. It's almost like yeah, Lampard's problems. It's almost like Lampard's problems. He's got to keep his squad players happy, but he's also got to try and win. Um, but, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult no, I mean, That's what got him sacked. That's what yeah. got him sacked. So maybe Orlando's going to get sacked <laughs> his, his, his Sunday league team because he's dropping Billy to the bench in the cup final when, you know, he's still running around for 90 minutes. I think that's, you want to be careful, Orlando. But yeah, anyway, that's, that's a, maybe a point for a different uh, different pod anyway, more on the grassroots kind of thing anyway. Obviously, Jude is, isn't that level, so he, he's, he's a pro player. So. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, just um, 
moving on, Zach. So we've talked a lot about Jude, but what's next for kind of you and, and you guys as a family? Obviously, you're doing your sports journalism at uni and obviously helping us out at the Chelsea spot and stuff as well. So yourself, Jude, Ruben, all of you guys, what's kind of what's kind of next for the soon sort bell guys? Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I'm just looking to finish. I've got another year left, uh, my third year coming up. Uh, finishing my second year now, uh, looking to get my degree and then um, maybe do some other things, maybe get an agent license, um, do some other things to do with football. Um, I know my other brother, Ruben, is still keen to, to try and make it in football. He's um, planning to go out and play football in Thailand because obviously we're all, we've got some Thai heritage. So we thought oh, that'd be cool. a good idea. He's taken a year out here. Um, he's got a place at university, but I think he's he's more set on doing that. Um, and then for my mum and dad, obviously, it's just uh, being there for Jude's um because i think they've done their job now almost uh, like raising us three i do have a little baby sister actually as well so my mum's got her um and oh. so yeah my, my parents so they're, they're occupied as well but yeah i think now um they've done their job at getting jude to where he needs to be and getting me where i need to be and, and ruben as well nearly now as well so i think now it's uh, just looking up from here and hopefully uh it can all keep going um keep going good lovely i think that's a really nice point to wrap up the pod i really enjoyed that one thanks so much for for giving us that insight zach no worries man it was, it was great uh, anytime anytime i'll be on anytime <laughs> yeah we'd love to have you back on at some point in the future for sure to discuss i'm sure i'm sure jude will be back in the goals soon and, and we'll be discussing that before long um and and, and likewise to you Puri. I'm, I'm sure you'll be there as well yeah cheers mate i'm looking forward to tomorrow's game as well hopefully we can get back in the yeah. title race liverpool tomorrow big one yeah is a yeah, big one for you, Zach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And Dan, of course. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Yeah, no worries, mate. I'm just uh, waiting for Superfran to get a new job so I can go and support him. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I'm, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, genuinely, hopefully, um, the season can continue being good for both the uh, development teams and the first team. And hopefully, at some point, Zach, that we see, uh, we see Jude break through there either towards the end of this season or into next season so good luck to, yeah. to him and, and you guys in that one yeah that's it um, and with that all I'm going to say is please do make sure to check us out on our social media platforms of course check out Zach on Twitter you can find him very easily just search up Zach soon stop bell um, or you know I'm sure he'll be writing some some nice articles for us on the Chelsea Sport at some point and, and make sure to check them out. And you can you can find all the ones he's written in the past as well on our website very easily, thechelseasport.com. Um, and yeah, we've recently started a, a new newsletter, a weekly newsletter. I should mention that. It would be great if you could sign up to that. We're going to have, you know, just a kind of weekly roundup of stuff we've been doing in the week and maybe some some insight from myself or Pari or Dan or whatever it might be it might be kind of varied week to week we haven't really kind of got a nailed on thing for that yet but yeah um we like it that way so there's no problems with that um and, and yeah that's it really I'm just gonna say thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time